Hello and welcome to Just Stories. We share inspiring stories of real people leading lives impacted by social justice, advocacy, and service. Hear how our guests have used their experiences to make a difference in the lives of others. And remember, it's all about the story, theirs and yours. Just Stories. We have a special co-host today, uh, Cheryl Hilbert. You may have already heard her sharing about pads, uh, but Cheryl is today uh, joining me as a co-host. Jean's taking the day off. Cheryl is our producer and behind the scenes gal that puts out so much of our social media and really helps Just Stories operate. So Cheryl, great to have you here tonight with me. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing really well, Mark. So nice to get to talk to you. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm on vacation, so I'm feeling great. Well, thanks for joining us on your vacation. And where are you vacationing? We are in North Carolina doing some hiking in the mountains and just hiding out and relaxing. It's great. Well, I, I'm jealous. As you know, I'm an outdoors guy, so I wish I were there with you. I'm happy to be home with my family, but I, part of me would love to be in the, in the mountains as well. So that's great. It's been a great place to be. I bet you're still happy about the uh, Illini. Yeah, winning the Big Ten men's basketball championship. They did, and uh, we're an Illini family, as you know, and so I'm totally excited about that. And I know you're a Hawkeye family, and we recently played, and who knows, maybe we'll be playing again at the time of this recording. We don't know. Uh, many of our listeners might already know the outcome of the NCAA tournament, but at the time of the recording, it is just a couple of days away, and uh, I know your family and my family is is all excited about that. Two of the three of us here tonight will be like, go Hawkeyes. <laughs> yes. So I'll... As our guest, like myself, went to Iowa. So we're Hawkeye fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, noticed, I noticed another similarity about all of us, Mark, and that's that um, I went to Iowa and two of my children have gone to Iowa. You went to Illinois. Two of your children go to Illinois. Our guest, Sandra, um, her son goes to Iowa and she went to Iowa. So just shows how you have an impact on your kids and your family and um, how choices you make can impact the choices they make. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And even our siblings, I think you had a sister that went to Iowa and I had a brother that went to Iowa. And so our siblings impact yep. us as well. So, so um, who do we have um, with us today? Yes, this is Sandra Henus, and she is a self-described small-town Midwestern girl who loves small communities. Um, she has discovered that their secret power is how they connect you to and elicit caring about individuals who make up these communities. She was my college roommate for two years at the University of Iowa, and um, she has multiple degrees from the University of Iowa, including journalism and also her PhD in religious studies. She's kind of taken a winding route in her career, and we'll hear a little bit more about that, but um, through that winding road, she ended up working for nonprofits. And um, her first nonprofit was the Wisconsin Breast Cancer Coalition in Milwaukee, where she was a director. And now she's an executive director of Adaptive Community Approach Program, or ACAP. 
which serves adults with disabilities in Waukesha, Wisconsin. So welcome, Sandra Hines. Thank you so much, Mark and Cheryl. I'm really happy to be here with you today and I really appreciate the invitation. It's great to meet you, Sandra. I've heard a little bit about you and it's nice to hear more Thank from you, Cheryl Sarah. just now. And uh, great to have you with us. And we're excited to hear more of, of your story. Right, well, um, that uh, lead into the Hawkeyes is where I'll just jump in and just, Cheryl mentioned that both of my sisters and myself were all Iowa Hawkeyes, even though we grew up in Illinois. So we crossed state lines for that allegiance. And we also um, met our spouses at the University of Iowa. So um, so yeah, the, 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 uh, the Hawkeye spirit runs deep. Yeah, well, I guess it certainly does. Sandra, you mentioned your sisters. Now, I understand that one of your sisters became a real powerful force for your life. I wonder if we can begin there. So my life has been really influenced by my younger sister, Darlene, who, um, who died from breast cancer in 2006 at the age of 38. She was one month short of turning 39. And, um, you know, she was... She was just a wonderful person. My older sister is too, but Darlene had this really special gift of seeing people and especially noticing people who were a little bit on the um, on the margins or on the uh, outside of groups who 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 might have been shy or or um, uncomfortable. And she was just wonderful at noticing them and bringing them into um, into a group and and, and um, appreciating them. They weren't maybe the popular people or they weren't um, really well known, but she she would really just draw them out. She'd get to know them and she really and would make a big impact on them. Um, one of the stories about um, that, the way she did this was uh, years later uh, after high school, one young gentleman who was uh, uh, went to high school with her contacted my family to tell us about how how much she meant to him and the reason why is when he was growing up um, in our small town Macomb Illinois um, in in high school he would be in classes with her and he was one of these kids who really you know kept to himself wasn't very um, didn't have a big group of friends felt awkward around um, the fellow students, but she would always make a point of saying hello to him. I think, I think when they were, I, I hope I'm not embellishing this, but I think like when they would be in class together, if you guys remember gym class and you had to do square dancing mm-hmm. and you had to choose partners, she would choose him for partners, or maybe it was, you know, in the, in a different class, but she would choose him for a partner. And, <clears throat> and it really made a, a big impression on him such that he made a point of really reaching out to uh, our family um, after my sister passed away from breast cancer in 2006 to let us know the story and how much she meant to him, even though they hadn't really crossed paths since back in those high school days. So, so she was just one of those people that people gravitated to because she turned to them and she noticed them and she drew them out. This ability that she had to really connect with people inspired her 
in college to study to be a certified therapeutic recreation specialist. And with that kind of a job, what she was doing was working with, often with vulnerable populations like people with disabilities, um, which is why my, that's my work now, or um, elderly people. Um, she would work with these vulnerable populations and help them through recreation to grow, to learn, to socialize, to just flourish as human beings, which is how we do it, you know, in, in groups and communities and doing things together, enjoyable things together. So that was her, her work. And, um, she had great stories from her time as a recreation therapist. Um, one of the stories that I always loved was when she and some of her colleagues were to take a group of people with disabilities out into the community. And this is when she was working at the University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics. And they decided to go to the mall there, Old Capitol Mall, which was uh, a thriving in those days, back in the day, right, when malls were a big thing. Um, a thriving mall right off of the um, Pentecrest, which was the center of the university. So it was crowded. And they took a, a small group of of people with disabilities with them to just enjoy being out in the community, which is what they should be doing. And um, while they were there, they got distracted by all the, um, you know, stores and comings and goings. And all of a sudden, I remember my sister looked up and she realized that she was one person short. So she and her colleague, Obviously, you know, this is like freak out moment where you're like, just like anybody, when you lose somebody, you're just, you're, you're panicked. So they started searching up and down. And this is a, this was a two-story mall. It had a lower level and it had the upper level that looked out over. You could be on the balconies and kind of look down on that lower level. Um, and they were just scanning through the crowds. They couldn't find this person and they were just you know, worst case scenarios flashing through their minds. And, and all of a sudden, uh, my sister who was on the lower level was looking up and kind of scanning the people walking by up on the upper level. And all of a sudden something ca caught her eye. It was these fuzzy pink slippers. And she was like, found her. <laughs> because, you know, you know, this wonderful person was wearing fuzzy pink slippers out into the uh, old Capitol mall, which is how we should all dress. Actually, you know, we should there dress comfortable, comfortably and with flair. And, um, and um, so that was, you know, that of course was the wonderful ending to the story that she was able to find this person and, and uh, breathe a big sigh of relief. Oh my so. goodness. Yeah. I've been on some of those outings. Cheryl and I are both physical therapists and my role in the past has been on a setting where I work hand in hand with recreational therapists like your sister was. So I'm very familiar with those. And uh, Sandra, I had an epiphany a few years ago that, you know, there's a team of physical therapists and occupational therapists and speech therapists who all do good work. But I realized we're all really um, doing our work to serve the, the rec therapist, because what's what's the whole purpose of getting people walking or swallowing or or doing things for themselves again so that they could enjoy their life and return to their community 
and do purposeful things that they wanted to do. Um, so I said, you know, Meg, who's our rec therapist, you got the most important job here. We're all working for you to get our patients doing what they should be doing again. So that's a great, great story that you shared. And I'm glad it had a, a happy ending. It did. It was wonderful. And even the sad stories that she told from her work in recreational therapy were also, in a way, they were happy. They were, you know, deep. She, another one was, um, she also ended up working more with um, elderly populations. Um, she moved out to California and that was her work out there. And um, she talked about one gentleman who, as you know, isolation is a challenge for all vulnerable populations, the elderly and people with disabilities. But this elderly gentleman um, was, you know, he was starting to decline. And she would go in and talk to him and, and um, he he was kind of hard to reach, but one thing he told her was, you know, that he had really loved this song, um, 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 Red River Valley, that was it. I won't sing it. I won't do that to you. Um, but uh, love to hear you. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Um, so Red River Valley, and she actually had a wonderful voice. My younger sister did. So she didn't know the song, but she went and looked it up and learned it. And so surprised him one day went in when she went to visit him and she sang this song for him. And she just talked about, uh, you know, how deeply that touched him. It was just a real moment between them. And it was so meaningful for him to have someone hear him respond to him and, and just offer this, just this really human gesture that, um, that can mean all the world when you're very lonely and you don't have a lot of people around you who know you and, and spend time with you. So, so yeah, even the sad things are kind of beautiful. Um, and I like the way that you said that, you know, I like that putting recreation therapists at the center of things, but ba basically what you're saying is it's all about community and building these relationships and these community ties. So, um, yeah, I really appreciate that. So Sandra, um, I was really touched by the point you made about your sister Darlene and how she was able to see the people that were on the fringe and um, that that man that you know a former schoolmate of hers calling and talking about having her having that quality that I don't think we always appreciate so much um, in people and that's that's really touching and it obviously touched you because now you come around and tell us a little bit about your story and what you're doing now. Right. So I think um, one common theme that runs through my windy path, my windy career path, is that I've just always been really interested in what makes a good human life. And it's not from the beginning, from my younger days, and Cheryl knows this well, <laughs> people might not have, knowing me younger, they might not have thought I would be somebody who is that interested in questions of the good life, because I was a little bit of a uh, of a black sheep, you know, and a little bit of a wild child at times in my in my history, but but no, I was always really interested in trying to figure out um, what what is a good human life, and so my sisters were definitely, and my younger sister especially was definitely someone that um, revealed a lot of what I came to find really important in her connections with people and her celebration of very ordinary things. 
um, like I said, she, she passed away in 2006 from breast cancer and she had been diagnosed in 2000 and anyone who's gone through a, a long um, journey of illness with someone else knows that um, you come to really appreciate ordinary achievements. There's an extraordinary dimension to ordinary life that you get to see and celebrate with people who are in that situation. And so I think um, that was something I definitely learned from my sister. And I was also exploring it through the big questions of life. And the way that I first started to explore it conscientiously, you know, really intentionally was probably as an undergraduate when I took um, religion courses from um, a really amazing teacher. Um, I don't know, Cheryl, if you ever took classes from Jay Holstein at the University of Iowa. Yeah, he was a powerhouse. He was a dynamo. He he was um, one of the most popular teachers in the university and taught those mega classes of 800 um, students. He could hold a, a huge lecture hall um, with his, um, his uh, different classes exploring uh, the ancient uh, sacred texts and ancient sacred stories. And he really turned me on to these, this particular way or these different ways of asking those big questions about the meaning of life and what is a good human life is. And that really, um, that really inspired me. And of course, I ended up becoming a religion major and um, as well as a journalism major. And um, really was interested in learning more. So when I graduated, I found the probably the one job that combined those two majors in the country. Now that's, that's, I'm kidding. There's a lot of, there's a lot of religion writers in, um, and people cover religion, but it was, I didn't, I think when I decided to have those two majors, I had no idea I could actually make a career out of both of those majors, but I did um, get a job in writing about religion at a newspaper in Texas, the Waco Tribune Herald. Um, I was a religion reporter there for a couple of years and had some wonderful experiences. So, um, so that windy path uh, was just part of a broader, just exploration of, of the big questions of being a human being. And, and um, I ended up going back to graduate school to study uh religion on the graduate level. I focused more on theology and ethics because I'd had that experience as a religion writer at the universe, I'm sorry, excuse me, in Waco, where it was not so much uh, old texts and traditions and dogma. It was really what people were doing religiously in the present. So I, again, that question of how do people live a good life and what informs them and what shapes them and what moves them. So I, when I was wanting to move on and, you know, really be, uh, go more in the direction of a vacation rather than a job, I, again, just returned to what moves me. And what moved me was making these connections with people. I was starting to see um, how important it was to have relationships and and be able to grow them and I, and to, you know, um, to make it possible for people to, um, to really live the lives that they wanted to live. And I was fortunate to 
land with a position at the Wisconsin Breast Cancer Coalition. And of course I was attracted to it because of my experiences with my sister and walking um, part of that journey with her and um, <clears throat> and seeing the need for education about breast cancer and for um, helping women empower themselves to speak up for themselves and their experiences and and draw attention to to them and help make sure that decision makers understood what was important to them and um, and it was a way of honoring my sister you know obviously I, I just really when you when you go through um, something like that with someone that you care about you often feel very um, powerless and you feel you want to do something you want to help and and um, sometimes it's very frustrating to not feel like you can really do something so advocacy is definitely something that where you're just you're doing something you're making a difference you are um, raising your voice you're calling attention to an issue so I was really just um, happy and proud to be involved with that work for um, for uh, the Wisconsin Breast Cancer Coalition, met some amazing people. Do you have any um, any specific experience that you can share with us during your time with the Breast Cancer Coalition? Oh, all absolutely. One um, of the examples, one of the people that um, uh, I think about when I think about that experience was uh, a woman named Pilar who was a beloved part of the WBCC community because she often participated in our big fundraiser, which was called the Rare Chair, Day, uh, Rare Chair Affair. So um, breast cancer survivor artists would repurpose old chairs and paint them um, with um, inspirational messages from their heart. And then we would auction them off to, to support our work. And she had been doing it for years when I came on board and she was um, a younger woman. Um, I think she was only in her thirties. Um, she was uh, just so down to earth. Um, she always, one of the things I remember, she always talked about her love for tacos, everything tacos, like tacos make everything better is something <laughs> that she would say. Um, and she did uh, a couple chairs for us. And unfortunately she passed away when I was still a director at uh, WBCC and had a circle of young women who were brokenhearted about it. But also, again, she was about speaking up and telling people about this disease so that they could be informed and make good choices for themselves for their breast health. So she was a, a low key kind of subtly funny person but she put herself out there as much as she could to raise awareness about this disease before um before it claimed her life so she, that's uh, definitely and there are stories like that many stories like that unfortunately i appreciate that um you've gone into that work because you use the word learned a lot from your sister and you were inspired by your sister in some ways and that that propelled you forward and women like Pilar too continue to inspire. Um, unfortunately, a life lives cut short, um, but still, in some ways, um, being very meaningful lives, still having an impact through your work and um, hopefully others who are 
inspired by them as well. Um, you went on to some other work as well, um, working with individuals who uh, you might, some might say are uh, perhaps on the fringes or in the background, like you described your sister having such an attention to and, and individuals who may need assistance in building community access in that. Uh, tell us a little bit about that work. Well, it's wonderful work. I love my job. It's just, it's an amazing organization. It's been around um, 39 years doing community-based um, services for people with disabilities. It was somewhat inspired by my sister because as I was looking for a new position, I I ran across the the um, the position description and 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 I saw on the website and and the other materials I had out there that this was just an organization that was really um, that recreation therapists were sort of the heart of the work that was done and and it just brought to mind um, the work of my sister and I just knew that that would be wonderful uh, fulfilling work so. That's so cool. Um, Sandra, do you have a, do you have a little story or an example of um, working with someone through ACAP that you could share with us? Oh my gosh. I have so many stories. <laughs> You'll have to shut me up. Um, well, you know, like today, um, what, so one today's of my favorite, story, huh? yeah, today's story, exactly. <laughs> what happened today? It was, um, there's, um, Okay. Today, there is a wonderful friend who is a young woman who first started at uh, ACAP before I got there. Um, so I, I didn't witness this for, for firsthand, but um, came to ACAP very inward, very um, isolated, um, was not really able to connect easily with other people, would get very agitated if there was a lot of commotion, a lot of people around. And um, it's just been wonderful to hear the stories and then see the blooming of this person over time. So even since I've been there, her ability to connect with people has just been exponential from kind of being off in a corner by herself not really talking to anyone to actually just talking <laughs> um, a mile a minute a lot but it's it's joyous you know she's she calls out people's names she's you know it's so cute because she actually it's so funny because she knows my name but ever since we've been back since COVID and I wear my mask she's known my name since I've been there she's been there and has many, many times use my name, but with the mask on, she always asks, who are you? <laughs> Every time. And I'm like, you know who I am. <laughs> I think she's teasing me. Mm -hmm. um, but just, just the appeal of, uh, she'll sing, you know, she'll sing, you'll hear her singing. And it's just, uh, it's just joyful to hear people kind of come into themselves to make connections to find talents and to just express themselves um, in, and, and be um, appreciated for, for what they bring in it. She's one. Um, there's Peter. Um, my friend Peter came in today. He was a little sad because uh, a friend of his had passed away. He came in and he brought some pictures and 
told me a story of how he got to know his friend and, you know, shared the picture. And it's, it's nice to have people to share those things with too. You know, it's nice to be a place where joy is happening, but it's also nice to be just human with people, let them have um, sad times and, and be with them while they're having a sad time and share that with them too. So um, one other story that I'll share for, you know, again, you can shut me up whenever um, there's, there's a, one of our longtime members is this wonderful woman who uh, suffered a stroke, I believe in her thirties. I think she was a professional. I think she might've been a nurse actually. Yes. I think she was a nurse. She suffered a stroke in her thirties and um, uh, uh, then was, um, you know, was unable to use her, her arms or her legs, quadriplegic. And she just had started to kind of lose hope. You know, it was obviously traumatic for her life and her family. And she said she was starting to lose the sense that she had any value, but coming to ACAP and learning the ACAP message that, you know, with the right adaptation, you can do anything. We'll help you do anything you want to do. Um, she um, started to be reminded of what she has to offer. And she talks about how it felt to be able to finally go on a sailboat. She'd never been sailing and, um, you know, with a wheelchair and with those uh, disabilities, it's something that you need some assistance with. But once you get that sense of that adaptation, just think about the first time that you might've been on a sailboat going fast with the wind in your hair and the, the water spray hitting your face and just how amazing that was. You never forget that feeling. She never had it until she came to us and was able to, to uh, enjoy it um, in our programming. And, and because of all of those things that she's been able to do, she's just um, really, you know, has just really changed her, her um, sense of self. She's, she feels confident. She's, you know, explores things. She's, she speaks up for herself and she knows she has value. So, so those are just a couple of the stories I could go on. <laughs> Sandra, um, my heart was just so warm to hear, you know, your voice as you were telling the stories about all these people that you, that you work with and just the joy of how much you obviously have over your job and people opening up and getting these great opportunities and just thinking of that full circle of, you know, um, your sister's impact on you and just how the sadness of her death, but how it's kind of come full circle where you use that to go on to advocate for other people. And um, thank you so much for sharing these stories with us. It's really, really touching and heartwarming and um, just amazing. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me to share. I really appreciate that. And that wraps up this episode of Just Stories. We hope you've enjoyed this time and you'll join us again. Just Stories is a partnership with Our Savior's Lutheran Church, an ELCA member church, where all are welcome and we join in God's reconciling work. 
which prioritizes disenfranchised, vulnerable, and displaced people in our communities and the world. Your hosts are people of Christian faith, and we recognize that God works through many vehicles, including those of differing faith or of no faith. Our guests may or may not be members of Our Savior's Lutheran Church. If you enjoyed what you heard, tell a friend, and please subscribe. Tune in next time for more of Just Stories.